And happy almost weekend to all. Thanks so much for kicking it off with the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And today on the show, we're going to have one of our more serious topics. Um, I've titled this show, A Post-Christian Nation? In the form of a question. And you'll kind of see as we get into our topic. I don't want to give too much away before we listen to this first um, video. Um, but let's just go right to the video, Adam, and then I will explain what we will talk about today. Tonight, we know that county officials have removed a Bible verse from Hager Park in Jenison after receiving complaints from a newly established group. WZZM 13's Alex Shabbat has more from Jenison on what the group's founder hopes to accomplish. The religious sign had been mounted in the wooded area behind me since the 1960s, and some park officials say they didn't even know about it until they received complaints. Within 24 hours, it was gone. There's a place next to this quietly moving stream where nature's beauty has become the backdrop for a new religious dispute. This photograph is all that's left of the hanging Bible verse at Hager Park. Talking about the God's handiwork and the beautiful spot that it was. John Schultz, director of the Ottawa County Parks Department, decided to take down the religious sign after receiving complaints. If we ask ourselves, would we put up the same sign today? being that that wasn't our group that put that up many, many years ago. We asked ourselves that question, and the answer was, was no, we probably would not put up that sign today. Every little violation adds up to a large violation in the sense that the government promoting religion is not a good thing. Mitchell Kale is the one who complained to county officials on behalf of a concerned resident. His local civil rights group has also challenged Grand Haven City leaders about a cross on public property, and his group opposed allowing a faith-based club in local schools. Our actions here are, deal exclusively with the government. Individuals and private citizens are allowed to place crosses or nativity scenes on their private property any time, and we defend that right. But now others at the park are not happy that the Bible verse is gone. I think it's ridiculous. It's just, I can't see why it bother people. We have tons of churches that meet in that park and, and have, have uh, services and so forth, and, and they can do that very successfully without a sign, and you know, we're just hoping that people will accept that change and move on. Officials with the Ottawa County Parks Department tell me they aren't aware of any other religious signs in any of the other parks. In Jenison, Alex Shabbat, WZZM 13 News. All right, well, that video or that audio from that video from WZZM 13 kind of talks about what we're going to talk about today. Um, on the surface, you know, it would be easy to agree with them and say, well, times change and, you know, if we wouldn't put up the sign today, we should just take it down now but i think it speaks to a greater problem because one of the most common things i hear people saying all the time whether it's about uh the pro-life issue or any number of moral issues is don't force your religion down my throat that's a common thing that people say and you know in a sense i agree we should not be like walking around like we're far superior and we shouldn't you know, have our noses in the air and make people be who we are. However, if you look back on our country, we had a biblical base for the way that this country was founded. And so, if anything, looking back through history and seeing the changes that have occurred, I think it's the opposite, that people are forcing their lack of religion on us. It seems to me that... um the voices of many 
are drowned out by few. And as long as you have a liberal, um, uh, non-Christian view of things, then you're, you're to- people who don't agree with you are told to be tolerant. But when it comes to the Christian view, tolerance somehow goes out the window. Uh, and we're going to look at some things that have happened throughout history leading up to what precipitated that last video as we go on as well as getting Adam's thoughts. And actually, um, we'll go right into the quote of the day in a few moments. But first of all, Adam, what are your thoughts in general on this topic as we get into it? You know, it's interesting because sometimes you stop and think like, okay, it's just, it's kind of like, it's just a verse on a sign. But then as you get to thinking more, like I know personally, it's like, okay, if it's it's just a verse on a sign today, and then something else that's taken down tomorrow, and then so on and so forth. It's like finally get to a point where it's like, you know, I kind of want to put my foot down a little bit because where where will it end? If if it's just kind of like, oh, we'll just let the, let it go or take it down, no big deal. After a while, you have nothing left, and it's kind of like, poor God, how must he feel that we're doing that? Like it's no big deal. And then we wonder why people don't have a moral standard. We wonder why school shootings and and bomb threats and all that stuff dominate our evening news. And it's, I mean, obviously there were evil people in every sphere of time, but a lot of what we've seen happen and come front and center in our country is because we've abandoned the definite moral standard of the Bible. And we're going to see how that has affected our society going through history. But before we do that, Adam, why don't you share with us our quote of the day? I've lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire can rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house they labor in, Bain who build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better and the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests. Our projects will be c- confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and byword down to future ages. That is from Mr. Benjamin Franklin. And it's significant to note that Benjamin Franklin himself said, I'm not a Christian. He once said to the great preacher, George Whitfield, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. So he, he wasn't saying, I'm a Christian. But he still had great respect for the Holy Scriptures. And as a matter of fact, there's a story about him that um, he was like an ambassador to France or something like that. And the French, as a culture, were not too big on the Bible. Well, he actually took the book of Ruth and translated it into French and did a public reading of it. And the French said, you know... What is that story? That's such a beautiful story that you shared with us. Can you tell us where it came from? And he said it came from the Bible that you despise so much. <laughs> and so it's just kind of interesting that um, with a little change in perspective, they were able to come to appreciate at least part of the Bible. But my point is that even as a non-Christian, Benjamin Franklin had a respect for the Bible and the God of the Bible and knew uh, that at least God had a had a big hand in what went on and what happened and how the United States was formed. And 
I know there are a lot of debates as to whether it was formed justly, but we're not going to get into that today. We're just going to talk about the fact that there was a biblical base for um, the United States of America. And we'll see how we've gotten farther and farther away from that as we've gone on. And as I said, one of the most popular things that people say is don't force your religion on me. But listen to some of these things that have happened through history and let me know which way you think it goes. In 1962, school prayer was banned because a woman by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare, I believe, said, my son should not be subjected to prayer in school. In 1973, we decided that the Constitution shows a woman's right to privacy, which included abortion of her baby until the age of viability. Because we didn't define viability very well, it basically allowed abortion to become legal in all 50 states for any reason. And it also trumped about 43 to 44 states possibly even more, that had already outlawed abortion on the state level and wiped away all of those um, laws, which incidentally we're beginning to see that in the gay marriage issue and the Supreme Court will be taking that up very, fairly soon. In 2004, Michael Newdow, who was a, is a, was a prominent, or kind of got himself to prominence by suing um, the government for a couple reasons. Number one, I know that he wanted to take in um, under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance and he wanted to take in God we trust off our money. He said he was doing it for his daughter and he didn't even have custody of his daughter, number one. And number two, his daughter was a Christian hmm. who didn't want that to happen, who, who loves God and wanted God to be respected in society so that was a misrepresentation there then in 2014 we had the incident which we just talked about and had the clip of where a christian sign is removed from a jenison park and then we had a cross removed from the hill in grand haven right at, right next to the right in front of the musical fountain in grand haven there's been a cross um there for many years and i guess it's being replaced by an anchor which to me i kind of chuckle at because i always like the picture of god's word as an anchor so i guess <laughs> the icon still works but and one of my favorite hymns is the anchor holds but but uh the interesting thing about it is though like we said just all these things which are against the judeo-christian values of our um towns and cities especially in the west michigan area where it is a very important ethic and it just kind of shows how uh it's not as much about us for, for forcing our religion on somebody else as it is about um them deciding that the way we've done things needs to change i mean if i go to a muslim country and i tell them that they have to read and believe in the bible as a society that wouldn't be a great approach but we have people coming here and we give other religions way more respect than Christianity. And Muslims are even starting to, 
you know, take major, um, a major role in society and, and get major respect for their religion where Christians are often left in the, in the, out in the cold, so to speak, as far as those things are concerned. So I think we see a trend that goes the other way. Um, and the thing I always ask is what would be the worst thing if you started to read the Bible and started to take God seriously? Same thing with the Ten Commandments. There was a big, there have been big conversations off and on through the years about whether the Ten Commandments should be in public buildings. And I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen if you have the Ten Commandments in your classroom? That maybe one day you might be sitting down for a science class or sitting down for history class and actually read them and say, what would it be like if I tried to live my life by these mm -hmm. and tried to make them at least a part of my life? I think it would lead to a better society, and yet people always freak out because it's an acknowledgement of God, and so that's, you know, they cry separation of church and state, which incidentally, the only mention of that is in a letter from um, Thomas Jefferson to, an, to a lady who was concerned that the United States would adopt a, a, a state church just like England had. And he said, no, we're not going to allow that. We're going to allow people to worship the way they want to. So it wasn't as much to keep the church out of the state as it was to keep the state out of the church. And so we really have that twisted around. Um, do you have any additional thoughts, Admiral? Uh, boy, I, I think a lot of that just <laughs> hits the, the nail on the head. And I think what we can do as Christians is start to ask ourselves, well, what, what can I do to you know, continue to further God or, you know, what should my, what should my response be kind of thing? Cause you know, there's situations where it's easy to say, okay, well, eh, you know, I'm just going to kind of stay out of it and call it good. And I know I'm kind of guilty of that sometimes, but it's like, okay, is there a time where I, I, I need to speak up or is there a way that I can just even subtly show God's love that may turn someone else's heart uh, or even thoughts of God around, you know, of course only Jesus can change somebody, but how can we be used in, in that process? So it just, you know, it kind of gets you thinking. And it is interesting that you mention um, people making a difference because we, there is um, some good news, which we can end the show with. Um, there was some progress on the Christians, Christian sign, and it will be brought back um, to the park as part of a historical marker. So let's take a listen to this update, and then I will close with some final thoughts. The major decision to return a religious sign to an Ottawa County park, it is capturing the attention of religious and political leaders all around West Michigan. After receiving complaints, park leaders removed a Bible verse from Hager Park in Jenison. But as we first told you at 5, late today, county commissioners voted to reverse that decision. WZZM 13's Alex Shaban is live at Fillmore Complex in West Olive with the very latest. Alex? Jen, we've seen religious debates like this popping up around the county, but this one brought a large crowd with people on each side of the issue. Tonight, only one side is claiming victory. Opening prayer set the stage. Eventually, they will tell you you can't pray in this meeting. For a passionate debate about religion and politics in Ottawa County, a response to this religious sign that was removed from Hager Park after some complained it violated the separation between church and state. But if we can't do it here in Ottawa County in Michigan, 
Where is this nation headed? Now there's a new call for action with speakers like this woman asking the county board to return the sign to the park. I looked at all the money and I, in God we trust. I looked at the penny, in God we trust. From religious leaders like this pastor. If they don't want God in the community, don't live here. I mean, it's very plain and simple. To political leaders, a representative of Congressman Bill Heisinger read a statement in support of returning the sign to the park. We must show that there are those still willing to fight for our beliefs and not cave to the pressure. But others came to the podium saying there needs to be a clear line between religion and government. And I think it's important that we draw a line that everybody is free to use this park as they wish and there is going to be no establishment of any sort of religion in any way. People practice their own religion in their homes, in their churches and schools, but the public square is free from religious interference. County commissioners returned from an hour in closed session with a decision to honor and recognize Titus Hager. To return this sign as part of a memorial for Titus Hager, who donated land to the park. I've been here 11 years, and I don't remember the board struggling over an issue so much as this. Also included will be an informational sign, letting people know the county does not endorse any religious views. Still, some are celebrating the decision. I can be here with a smile today. That hasn't happened very many times. County commissioners also decided that if the Hager family wants the sign back, they will give it back to them. So far, there's been no timeline set on when it will be returned to the park. Live in West Olive, Alex Shabbat, WZZM 13 News. All right, so you can see there the way that people can make a difference. Um, and I find it interesting, one of the things that was said in that story by one of the opponents, he said people should be able to be free to do what they choose in the park and not be infringed upon by religion. But, you know, in my experience, when I go to a park, when I go somewhere where there's a monument, I have a choice whether or not to read it. Just because it's there doesn't mean I have to read it or subject myself to it. And again, we, we talk about where we used to be versus where we are, and I think you can definitely see that it's a bent away from God. And uh, God has said that uh, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And, and yes, these are symptoms, you know, and th I think that's the biggest thing we need to take away from this. These are symptoms to a bigger problem. We need to pray for our communities. We need to pray for the people within them. We need to pray for the leadership, that they will have revival, that they will see God's hand in society and the need to trust him with everyday life as well as you know the the mundane stuff as well as the everyday stuff and that's what we try to impart upon you here on the speaking for him podcast we hope that this uh episode has made you think and that it has given you uh some tools um with which to state your case more plainly that you um want to get back to your um christian roots and also that it showed you that you can make a difference, as with our last story. All right, well, that's all I have for this week. And uh, I really enjoy having people listen every Friday. So thank you and continue to listen and share with your friends. Tell them what you like about it, what you don't like. Send feedback to me with the contact information at the end of the show. And have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 